We begin today with one of the more influential authors of the past hundred years. He gave us a story about a man, well, an invisible man, another about a time traveler, then one about aliens attacking Earth. Oh, and a doctor who lives on an island where you should never, never visit for medical advice. You just don't visit there at all. All on the way to answering the question, exactly what connects H.G. Wells and butterflies? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. Obviously, as I was preparing for this particular episode, I was thinking about the works of H.G. Wells. Now, let me say, before I mention his more notable creations— let me remind you of the era in which he lived. He was born in England in 1866. He lived for 79 years, dying in 1946. I couldn't begin to recount all the things that he wrote through his rather prolific career as a writer, but just to quickly refresh our memories, he's the author of such classics as The Invisible Man, The Island of Dr. Moreau, The War of the Worlds, The Time Machine. His novel, The Island of Dr. Moreau, was released as a movie in 1977. The War of the Worlds movie was produced in 1953. The Invisible Man has been turned into a movie several times and also inspired a television series in the mid to late 70s that was entitled, well, yeah, The Invisible Man. Then, of course, the movie The Time Machine was released in 1960. I'm coming to a point here, I promise. I was born in 1961, and these were truly some of the most formative stories of my youth. Now, I may not have been born when some of these were released. That made them even more formative, actually, because they were being played on television with some frequency, and I got to watch them many times. And then some of these were released right as I was most obsessed with movies, say 15 to 16 years old. I watched The Island of Dr. Moreau once, and then I stayed awake for a solid week, so I haven't ever watched that one since. That movie was, for me, beyond disturbing. War of the Worlds is one I have watched many, many times. There's a good reason why H.G. Wells is often cited as the father of science fiction. But he helped popularize more than simply science fiction. Or maybe it's better to say that he also created popularized a subgenre within the world of science fiction. He could also very much accurately be called the father of time travel. Now, I know there are those who would argue he didn't invent the idea, but he was, without question, the one who popularized it. And today we watch countless movies that would take the idea that he popularized and those movies have made it such a frequently reoccurring theme in movies that, well, it could well be called simply a trope. Think about the broad spectrum of the types of movies and the breadth of time over which they have been made that all incorporate time travel. Yes, H.G. Wells' book, The Time Machine, was turned into a movie in 1960. But there are others that he didn't write but influenced. Planet of the Apes, that was 1968 time travel movie. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban was a time travel movie. And even the Star Trek reboot of 2009 was a time travel movie. Arguably the biggest star in Hollywood right now, Ryan Reynolds, 
Yeah, he has a time travel movie called The Atom Project. And then the two biggest time travel movie franchise of all time, Back to the Future and The Terminator. The truth is, even if you aren't a science fiction fan, you have probably watched quite a few time travel movies and never even thought about it because it's become well, just so darn common. We have watched so many of these things that most of us can immediately name some of the problems with time travel. First, let me say the classic one, the grandfather paradox. If you travel back in time and meet your own grandfather, what happens if you kill him? I mean, apart from the fact that you are a really strange and sick individual, if you traveled back in time to kill your own grandfather... Well, if you kill your grandfather prior to his ever getting married or having kids, his child, your parent, would never have been born. And in turn, you would never have been born. So you couldn't have traveled back in time at all. So your grandfather's really still alive. It's because of paradoxes like this that some scientists believe that time travel is never ever going to be possible. They believe there are probably some elements of the physical universe that would prevent it because its existence would just plain create too many scientific conundrums. But the issue of killing grandparents is not one that regularly comes up very much in the movies. What does come up is two basic rules. One, never, never, never make contact with yourself in the past. And if you're watching a time travel movie that mentions this in the dialogue as an important rule to follow, just know that it is going to be broken at some point during that movie. That seems to be a pretty hard and fast rule of time travel movies. Best I can tell. Finally, there is often a point in modern time travel movies in which someone talks about the problem with time travel. Small and seemingly inconsequential events can have a ripple effect that is amplified through time and therefore have unforeseen consequences. If you watch the original Jurassic Park movie, then you heard the idea of chaos theory, which relates to all of this, I promise. You watched Jeff Goldblum play Ian Malcolm, who explains that the more complex a system is, the more tiny, seemingly inconsequential events can have a much larger and ultimately unpredictable outcome. Hence, the butterfly effect. The shorthand is the, the butterfly effect. A butterfly can flap its wings in Peking, and in Central Park you get rain instead of sunshine. A butterfly can flap its wings in Peking, in China, and as a result, in Central Park you get rain instead of sunshine. Now, the point of this podcast is what happens if you combine these two, time travel and the butterfly effect. You come to a realization that anyone who travels through time has the potential to create small ripples with enormous effect. You don't have to kill your grandfather. You have traveled through time to visit the era of, say, the flappers. You just want to see what's going on during that time. While on this mission of yours, you go to a diner for something to eat because, well, even time travelers get hungry and need food. And you don't have money that would work in the 1920s, so you eat and then you ostensibly go to the bathroom, but really sneak out the back without paying. The waitress is now forced to pay for your meal by the manager who's mad at her before he then fires her. She then has to go look for a job instead of taking her son to the science fair, where he would have won first prize and been inspired 
to pursue a career in medicine in which he would have discovered a medical breakthrough that would eventually later lead to a cure for diabetes for future generations, saving untold lives and preventing an incalculable amount of suffering. All of that fails to happen in the future because, well, your little jaunt through time. But on the other hand, Equally possible is that you don't skip out, you manage to have some money from that time, you leave her a generous tip that she never would have gotten otherwise, which places her in a good mood for the science fair. Her son, feeling supported, dazzles the judges and is offered a place at a local math and science magnet school. He goes on to even greater things, the cure for diabetes being only one of a series of dramatic and world-changing discoveries that come about because of his foundational work. Whew. Unless you haven't been to a movie in the past 30 years, there's nothing here that surprises a single person listening to this podcast. We are all very well aware of the unique ability that someone traveling through time has, their ability to dramatically alter the future. Now, here's the part that really pertains to this podcast in particular. There is nothing inherently related to time travel in all of this. Most of us who have watched movies that revolve around time travel know that anyone traveling through time has the ability to dramatically affect the future with their actions. But what most of us forget is that it doesn't take a time machine or a distortion of the space-time continuum, as Star Trek The Next Generation likes to say, for this to happen. You, you are already a time traveler. You are traveling through time. This time, right now, and your actions have every bit the ability to affect the future as much as they would if you could go back in time 200 years. The real lesson of all of our time travel stories is that our choices, even our small and seemingly inconsequential choices, have the potential to have enormous effect on the future. The Peking butterfly theory is that the tiny breeze created by the wings of a butterfly in China may be so amplified over time that it changes the weather in New York City. And that butterfly was not a time traveler. What this says to me is though we can't be absolutely sure, things have a tendency to amplify in their original direction. In other words, the slight breeze of those wings of the butterfly become a weather pattern they didn't become a new mountain. They became something that was related to the breeze. So, though there are no guarantees in all of this, positive interactions, kindness, generosity are more likely to get amplified into more positivity, generosity, and kindness. Negativity, aggression, hostility are more likely to lead to, well, negative results. Now, I guess you could find all of this a little intimidating. Your actions today may have far-reaching and unknown consequences on future generations. Oh my goodness, that's a lot of responsibility. But I choose to see it differently. We, as the people of this era, have the ability to send positive influence rippling through time, potentially being amplified as the years progress. You have the amazing power to make the world of the future a better place. And all it takes is just the simple choice to be kind or generous or thoughtful with other people in small ways even today.
That's all for today. Today's podcast is not one of those controversial subjects that I expect to spark debate. Instead, it's intended to be one of those where you say, oh, I've never thought about it like that, but it's kind of obvious now that I hear it. I also find that thinking about it this way gives a little more motivation to be who God is calling us to be. Sometimes it's easy to find yourself wondering why even be kind or generous or a good person. All that happens is it goes unappreciated or unnoticed by those around me. But this is a reminder that the effects of your love, kindness, and generosity may not be seen by you, but may very well have a powerful, positive influence on the future generations to come. If you have a comment, response, or a question, or if you actually do disagree with this, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is dan at skypilot.zone. And on your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for joining us here today and being part of the SkyPilot Faith Quest community. This is a great place to ask questions you wouldn't feel comfortable or safe asking in other places. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.